Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Does anyone remember what they were doing 302 weeks ago? I don't. But that's the last time the Cougs were in the AP Top 25 poll. It's been a 302-week poll drought, and now it is over there. And they're at number 21. Congratulations to the Washington State men's hoops. Play-by-play man Matt Chazen now joining us now in the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Matt, how do you feel about this news? Oh, I feel great. I was in North Carolina. It was 2008, and I actually know exactly what I was doing because I was working in college basketball probably admiring the Cougs from afar. <laughs> and now here we are, guys. I didn't, you know what? I felt attacked, Matt, um, with Stacey's intro. What? what were you guys doing a long okay, my, time my ago? My alma mater has also struggled of late. Okay. So, you know, I'm not one to point fingers here. In fact, <laughs> I think that, you know, Washington State is, is really fun to watch right, right now. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. All right. All right, Matt. Hey, uh, it's all love. Man, uh, what have you... um? Did you see this type of year, you know, of coming? Because last year, what they were, um, eleven and nine in conference play, seventeen and seventeen overall. Did you feel like this team had this type of potential, or were there some additions um, to this team that you felt um, made this type of year possible? It's such a grab bag now, year to year. Like preseason predictions used to mean more because they need to adjust. There's really no way to do this, but like. They need to adjust their flexibility or skip it <laughs> because, <laughs> because no one knew Miles Rice or Isaac Jones or Jalen Wells. Those three guys hadn't even been in Crimson and Gray. Well, Miles had, but he'd been sick. So they hadn't played for the Cougs. And I, and I think with the portal and with, and with the chaos of college athletics rosters, all sports included – uh, preseason predictions mean less than they ever did. I mean, you know, way back in the day, Bump, when you and I were, were younger, as Stacy would say, right, <laughs> way back, um, if you recruited a point guard, it was a new four-year commitment, like a, maybe a half decade with a red shirt, and the rest of the team would stay, and you are kind of adding that one piece you needed from high school or a small forward or whatever. And it, it's it's the antithesis of that now. So did I see it coming to answer your question? No, no one did. Kyle didn't either. I mean, he thought maybe, you know, but once you, once we got into non-conference play, yes. Like we, we were watching this team do things and execute in certain ways that were accelerated from the past two years where they went to the NIT. And, uh, and now they're way ahead of schedule right now and, and rolling, obviously, in February. So what's working so well this year? And it, obviously it's multiple things, right? Success is always a recipe. You know, I, I think sometimes when teams are uh, – so good teams win their home games, uh, really good teams win their home games and split on the road, and then the best teams just win everything. So you can kind of get a sense of how it's going to go when you're neutral site early on, which was a bit of a grab bag early when Yesifu got hurt. But one of the things the Cougs can do is, one, they can win away from their own building, which is imperative. But they have a, a really unique ability to beat teams of different styles. When the Ducks were really small in Pullman, it bit them. They hit 14 threes. That's a game they lost in the high 80s, like 89-85 was the score, maybe 89-84. And, 
And so it was like, all right, maybe small teams are going to give the Cougs a hard time because generally Washington State's pace is slow if you look at the data. Well, then they, they changed their defense, and they figured out how to play a little faster when necessary so they can beat small three-point-oriented teams. They can beat big teams down low. They can score in the 90s if they need to. They can score in the 50s if they need to. They, they're a very much a chameleon. They also can dictate pace, right? So they have guys who can slow it down or run the break if they need to. It's not like, well, Washington State's going to beat you if the other team is small. Like, no, they – they can kind of beat anybody, guys. They can do all kinds of things. They're huge, but they also can play a smaller lineup. So that jumps out, right? Like some teams, even Arizona, Tommy Lloyd's thing is a lot of what Gonzaga's thing is because he was on that staff for 20 years. They, they want to score 90. Well, last year in the tournament, Princeton exploited that, and that was a lot of how that upset happened. And that was because it's easier to slow it down than speed it up. And generally speaking, Arizona's defense hasn't been what their offense is. And so, um, you know, the Cougar defense is elite, and they can play different styles. That kind of leads me into my question, Matt. Um, the, the Cougs have Arizona coming up here pretty soon. And uh, what style beat them the first time? And do you think they can duplicate that? Or are they looking at a different Wildcat team now that time has passed? No, I mean, they're probably better at what they do. Every team at this point in the year is generally figuring out, like, rotations tighten, minutes for certain guys go up, the bench shortens, and you've got your core group of guys and your bullseye of your goal of, like, what you want to do. So, um, you know, Caleb Love's a transfer from North Carolina. He and Isaac Jones and probably Miles Rice are three front runners for player of the year in the league. Um and, and I think, you know, maybe Ballo in there as well in Arizona. But I, I think they're probably better at what they do, to answer your question, because generally teams are. But it's pretty much what they saw in Pullman. Uh, they, they've got a group of four to six guys, depending on how they shoot and how the other team defends down at the rim, because Arizona's really big down low. They've got a group of guys that can get it up into the 90s. And, and in, when they're hot, it's really impressive. Boswell and Love and Ballo and, um, you know, I, I think, can they beat them? Absolutely. I mean, they won in Tucson last year. Can they duplicate what they did in Pullman in Tucson on Thursday? Absolutely. It's a great atmosphere. It's a really tall task. It's really hard to do. Very few teams win there. But uh, Kyle Smith will have a great scout. He coached against Tommy Lloyd for 20 years in the West Coast Conference. And, you know, they know each other really well, and, and that plays into it. And, and uh, yeah, they beat him once already this year. They absolutely can do it again. I've never interviewed Miles Rice, excuse me, so I have no idea whether or not he doesn't especially, you know, want to talk about obviously beating cancer as part of his story. But it is hard not to look at the story as a whole and just be in awe of what he's doing this season compared to where he was less than a year ago. I mean, less than a year ago, he was still undergoing chemotherapy. Like, what, what's that journey uh, been like for you to, to watch? And can you tell us a bit more about him? Oh, it's an inspiration. I mean, he's a wonderful kid. He's just a huge personality. I think, Stacy, he would talk to you about that and everything on earth. He's a huge personality. He's a, he's a big, affable. He comes over and hugs us uh, after they've been win winning all these games. He come, and I mean us, I mean me and Elo and Kyle Smith, like literally he's hugging us. I mean, he's just a, he's just a big, smiley um I hate to use the word uh, cocky, but confident, bordering on that personality who peacocks around and you can't help but love him for it because 
um, you know, he's not he's not bad mouthing other guys or, or talking excessive trash. He's just excited and proud and happy to be here doing this, you know, and and succeeding in uh, in more than just basketball, right? Like this is this is probably the best story in America. You know, I, I think it'd be hard to imagine otherwise, and, um, and I don't mean to take anything away from anybody else's hardship or whatever else others have been through. It's just amazing, you know, and I, I, think, um, I think that absolutely needs to be put in context of what's going on here. This is, this is a kid who last year was, in, was away from the team in chemo and came back uh, during the NIT. You know, he'd kind of been away, and I remember – hearing, hey, Miles might be on this trip, Miles might be around, and thinking that's incredible. You know, and he rings the bell, and he flies back to be with the team. And um, if you remember last year, really late in the year, Muhammad Gay got kind of banged up, and so they didn't have Moe's, really their key piece, and they lost early in the NIT. And, and so the story of, of last March ended abruptly in Pullman, and um, and then it kind of faded away, and then you never know, you know, because it's year to year, like Bump was alluding to. Did you know? Well, you didn't even know the roster, you know, so it's hard to say. So my, now, two years ago, I will say this: in practice, I, I was at practice, and Miles was the best guard there, including Mike Flowers and Bamba and some really good players. And Miles, but it's hard to tell because it's practice, and guys have their moments, and you don't know how it translates to the games. And I heard he was special, but you don't really know. And um, and well, here we are, you know. So yeah. absolutely, it's an amazing story. Yeah, um, a great one, man. That, that guy's resilience is is unmatched. So um, I'm glad to to get a little insight of, about his personality, and I'm glad you mentioned like the confidence slash cocky. Some people hear cocky and just automatically think the worst. You have to be some type of cocky to be a great uh, high school, college, even pro athlete. Um, but I want to ask you about the remaining schedule. You got Arizona, Arizona State. Uh, USC, UCLA, then Washington. What needs to happen for these guys to, to stay in the mix and, and get a bid to the tourney? They've put themselves in a great spot for that. I mean, at this point now, in terms of getting into the tourney, they're really trying to, to you know, you, want to win it. you can't stay at 20, all right? So let's just start there. They're 20 and 6. You know, you can't end the year 20 and 11, right? That, that would be one thing. Um, I, I don't think there's a magic number anymore. I think mean, it used to be 20, like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. when the RPI was really big, when that was the metric, and you played fewer games. It used to be if you were in a power league and you won 20 games, you were in. It's probably north of that now by two to four games, depending on your league and your strength of schedule. So don't hold me to it because it it depends on what happens outside of Washington state's control, but depending on your wins, how you get them, where you get them, you know, you get between 22 and 24, you know, if you get to 23, you're, you're in. I mean, it's just, just, just too much winning, you know? Um, I don't see a scenario otherwise, but really right now, bump they're they're figuring out what seed they are. It's not if it's where and how, and, and look, I think right now they're playing Thursday. They're playing to, to win the league, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you win Thursday, you're in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the Pac Tourney in Vegas in a regular season conference title. And they haven't done that since 1941, since before the Pac existed by 27 years. So that's what they're trying to do. And then if you do that, it's it's a very relaxed selection Sunday, and it's just an exciting announcement of what the number is. So um, you know, if if you win. 
if you win in Tucson and you're 21 and six, it's it's just hard to imagine. Even if you you know lost five in a row, like I don't know what your seed would be. It might get a little dicey in the conversation. You don't want to do that, but um, you, you know they're right there. They've done great work to put them put them where they want to be. I want to zero in on that Thursday game, 8 p.m. tip-off. Like you said, it's going to be at Arizona, Arizona number four right now. And I think that uh, any of our alma maters, I mean, I went to Washington, are used to seeing Arizona as just a constant threat. I mean, Curtis Rogers, our producer, bear down, uh, went there, and I'm so used to, like, my school not even uh, putting up a battle of late. However, um, it's going to be tough for Washington State here, but I'm really, really excited to see how do you think they match up? What's Washington State going to have to do? Where are the potential opportunities? So the thing that Cougs do really well is they defend the three. That, that's the non-negotiable. That's the Kyle Smith constant. The offense is negotiable, right? How, how they score, how they get to – 70 points is is debatable from year to year and in the way he prefers what what he doesn't have any wavering on is defending the three so that's where it starts right if you go to tucson everybody wants to shoot the three so you got pella larson you got boswell who's an efficient shooter and and you've got um caleb love loves the wild card because he could go for 35 i mean he's one of the nation's premier scorers and he has an nba frame and he's been at north carolina and arizona for good reason right the thing that's interesting about Arizona is they are huge. Okay, they've got Balo, and his backup is a little bit taller. He's not quite as wide and heavy. But the Cougs are the biggest team in the pack, and they rotate four massive guys at the four spot and the five spot, and they start a six-eight two guard in Jalen Wells. The Cougs are bigger than Arizona. That'll be one of the really shocking things – I'm going to leap ahead here from this game to what whoever else they play in March who's not seen them yet is at you get to the tip and the other coach is going to go, I don't care who you are. You could be Kentucky, Tennessee, you know, you, you name it, Kansas, you name the premier team. The Cougs are in all likelihood bigger, right? So that's, that's generally one of Arizona's massive strengths. Also UConn historically, they're generally the biggest, the three, the two biggest teams in America with by recruiting typically are Florida state and UConn. It's how Leonard Hamilton's done it in Tallahassee. Arizona has had a lot of that energy. They've had elite bigs from DeAndre Ayton, um, you know, and you can go way back in time, all, all the way back to uh, Lauren Woods and guys who they've had for decades. The Cougs match up really well with that this year, right? Historically, not the case. This year they do. And so that, that's a big difference. You're bringing off your, your best shot blocker off the bench in Ruben Chinelu. So I think, um, I think in terms of a matchup, it's it's one. I hate to say it's a good one because Arizona's so good mm-hmm. and they can score the ball, but it's not one where you look at it and go, "Well, they've they've got no shot down low." Like, no, they do, and and they can guard the three, and that's why the Cougs might win the league because they can do both those things. How would you describe um, uh, Coach Smith's uh, style? Because I was over with Tony Bennett. He was low key half-court offense, play really good defense, not too much hollering and screaming. Like, what have you, you observed out of the head coach at WSU? What's his style like? I mean, for starters, he's disarmingly approachable from a personal standpoint. He's a he's a genuine guy. He's, you know, some coaches, honestly, some basketball coaches' guys are just crazy. It's just banana land. Some basketball, more than football coaches. Like, basketball coaches are wound really tight, they're just, they, they can be difficult to talk to. They can be, 
I just just they kind of run this little fiefdom and they try to control things that they really can't and it's just and Kyle's the opposite of all those things. You know, I'll, I'll be on headset and have to remember during a coach's show like he's not just my buddy. He's the basketball coach at one of the best teams in the country. You know, he's very um and I, and I see that with the kids. I think the kid, I think that's part of what has worked so well with him over the years. And what I've seen is the guys believe he wants to do good by them, but it's not low key. Like he's a he's a screamer. He's a yeller. It's not at kids. It's probably more with kids. You know, it's very rare he'll yell at somebody. It happens, but um, he, you know he led the he led the pack. I think the country in technical fouls his first year here. That was kind of by design. He knew he wasn't a brand name in the pack, and he didn't want to be pushed around by refs. And so he he is not afraid to you know. And he will jump and holler and um, you know it's not Brad Stevens, right? It's not stoic. Okay, it's. It's a, it's red faced or, or crimson faced, if you will, and uh, and he'll yell right. And so, um, it's genuine and it's honest, it's, but it's passionate. Um, but in terms of scheme and style, unquestionably, it's defensive minded, and it's not Tony Bennett score in the forties and win. Um, although that didn't go well in Blacksburg this past game, I don't know if you guys saw that score, but it is it is guard to three. Figure it out on offense. Everybody wants to shoot the three to varying levels because the metrics just almost mandate you do that. So if you take that away, you kind of take away everybody's go-to. Um, so that's the start of it. And um, I think everything else after that it kind of falls in line because he's been so good at it. They've been top three in the league every year he's been here. They're ranked for the first time since 2008, number 21 right now, taking on number four, Arizona, on Thursday. Tip-off at 8 p.m. You guys can hear Matt. He is Kooks play-by-play man Matt Chazanow. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chaz. Thank, thank you, guys. Hey, stay young, bum. Good luck, buddy. All right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if Matt didn't appreciate the 302 weeks. Hey. hey, the truth is the truth. You just reminded me that it's been like 300-some weeks since I was in college. Well, no. No, it's been longer. It's been it's been much longer than that. So, um, gosh darn it! Much love, 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 <laughs> peace, and respect. Well, yeah, obviously more than three hundred, right? What am well, I thinking? No, I know. But here's the deal: I know it sounds like I'm insulting uh, Wazoo fans, and you guys can think that if you want. What I mean to say is, no, this crap. is so hugely monumental and very, very cool what they're doing. And I am still trying to push for this game Thursday is on the road, but I'm still trying to like really push for more of a, an upswell and more attendance. And yeah. I just think it's very cool. And I feel so happy for these guys. It's not even my alma mater. And I just want them to get you know as much what, support Stacey? as possible. Go ahead and say it. Go Cougs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to four down territory. This, this is four down territory going inside, inside the, the game. game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First down, what's an aggressive but logical move for the Seahawks to try to pull off this offseason? Oh, it's hella extremely aggressive. Oh. Now, we know that um, we're looking to see if Jordan Brooks gets uh, an extension, but you got Queen, the linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, who was available. This guy was projected in November to get about four years, $67 million. No, the new projection is five-year, $92 million. That's about $18 million per year. Also, go ahead and do your homework. See if you can make that happen. I would love to have him and Jordan Brooks. We shall see. But you look, take a look at him and also take a look at Van Noy as well. Only played 42% of the snaps. An older gentleman, 32 years old, in that league. But he can teach these guys how to be pros and how to play that edge 
um, Daryl Taylor. We'll see what happens there. Chinda Wilson, Boya Mafe. Because I'm thinking that they will not have enough money in the bank to sign Queen and Justin Matabuke. Matabuke led the team with 13 sacks. Man, he is set to get paid as well. If they get both of them, they're going to have to do some weird thing with the numbers and try to make it happen. So I'm saying, look, take a look at it. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it won't hurt. Take a look. Second down. Antonio Pierce is taking a specific approach to Pat Mahomes. What's the good and bad about that? His approach is to create the Mahomes rules. He's uh, It's like a wordplay off of the Jordan rules back in the 80s when the Pistons used to rough Jordan up. He gets to the basket, you foul him. So now I'm looking at Antonio Pierce. I go, look, that sounds good. Y'all BKC this year, 20 to 14, hit the quarterback 10 times and had four sacks. But you are putting the NFL on notice that you're going after their golden boy, Pat Mahomes. I would not do that. I was looking at the rough in the past calls they are down in 2021 145 roughing the passer calls in 2023 106 roughing the passers call but uh pat mahomes is still third in the league when it came to uh roughing the passer calls mm -hmm. only a few like four or five of them things but i'm just saying i like the way that he talks i like the message out there but be careful what you ask for and who you alert because the nfl will take care of Patrick mahomes the same way they did tom brady when he got hit low blew his acl now you can only hit quarterbacks in certain areas so i love it but be careful we're going to have new rules now. Yeah, for <laughs> There's sure. going to be some kind of rule uh -huh. named after Patrick Mahomes by the end of his career. So help me God. Third down. Derrick Henry is about to be a free agent. So what teams have been connected to him? And what team do you see as a good fit? All right, so the Ravens have been connected to him, and that is a scary thought. Now, they're in the in the red when it comes to cap space, but they got it. Gus Edwards he has one year left on his deal, about $4.5 million. If you cut him, uh, there won't be a lot of dead cap. So I'm looking at the Ravens and go, that would be scary. That would be perfect. But you still got to run the dang ball. They only did it 16 times against the Kansas City Chiefs. I look at the Houston Texans. This is the team on the rise. You know how everybody's moving to Texas because you get more bang for your buck with the homes and all that stuff? This is how I feel about the Houston Texans. If you go ahead and get Henry, you are contenders, right? You have $62 million in cap space. You got Damian Pierce with two years left on his deal. $400,000 if you cut him in, cap, uh, in dead cap. You can get that done. But this is the scenario I like the most. I like him with the Rams, man. Unfortunately, here in the same division. But you got like Kyron Williams over there. You got some cap space. Now, he should embrace the role of being a one-two punch at this point of his career. He shouldn't want the ball 25, 30 times a game. Man, save your wills. I like the Rams situation. Don't sleep on the Cowboys either. Pollard is a free agent. They could make a run at Derrick Henry. Fourth down. What stood out most to you? We talked about it, but what stood out most from the conversation with Ryan Grubb today? That he sees the same type of t potential with the three receivers here that he saw in UW. And he also can run multiple formations and run the same plays. And he's big on the gap scheme. I think that is perfect for what the Seahawks I have said over pick here. One. Man. I'm sorry. Too many. It's too many. You talk, you talk offense, I get excited. I know. I start to think about all the possibilities. Bump pulls out the iPad. I noticed the following seven things. <laughs> also, though, all right, here's another one. In our conversation one. about mesh concepts. Here's another one uh, 13 personnel. He used that a lot um, with you, Doug, when it was that short yardage situations. There's just so many things he did on offense to where I'm like, you can't just say they do this one thing. Lots of things that they can do. I love his calm demeanor, but intense at the same time. Things going to be a perfect match. You're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll need your questions for what I need to know. So get those in now to the Mac and Jack's text line. Any question you have, text it. 866-979-3776. Heading down to the station next for Hype Train. Bump and Stacy. 
powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Can I publicly shame someone for something? Do it. Now, it is a pet peeve of mine when people pull video or quotes or whatever and don't properly uh, give uh, attribution where they need to. I will do that sometimes on accident. Like I'll be like, oh, this interview, <laughs> uh, genuinely on accident, like it's, we'll, we'll play sound. Oh, this interview from whatever, and maybe it was from, you know, sport, uh, you know, a podcast and not Brock and Salk or whatever, and I messed uh-huh. it up. And so like I'm not perfect. I do it all the time. But uh, I, I just saw someone do that, and I thought, why? What's the point? What would you see? They, I, the uh, Ryan Grubb interview with the with the logo ripped. I'm like, just say, just say it was with us, bro. I'm trying to get it that clout. It doesn't hurt you. That clout. Man. They did link to the interview at the very end of their thread, but like, I just no don't... one, no one looks at the last tweet of a thread. You got to scroll no, over. You got to scroll I, a long way. I just don't know, like, what's the point? I feel like it's like you learn this like in high school, not to. I don't know. Now I'm being. Now Did I'm you being send petty. it to me? I want to see it. I sent it to you. Now okay. I'm being petty and, and rude. I, I appreciate people sharing content always and all of us having conversations always about sports. I like when you're But petty. I always get, I always feel very guilty when I do that. And so it, it, I am in awe of people that do it without feeling guilty. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm getting on a diatribe now. I'm sorry. I'm still on cold medication. It's not about me. It's about hype train. Let's go to the station. We talked with Ryan Grubb earlier today, and one of the questions you had for him, Bump, uh, came with a point. And the point that you wanted to make was, hey, obviously we all loved what you did with your passing offense. You had three NFL caliber wide receivers, and that was great. But you did some quietly great things in the run, too. This has inspired my first hype train. Ken Walker will have a career year in 2024. Ooh, career year. And uh, I think that... The way that this offense is going to be multiple and balanced. Balance doesn't mean 50-50 run the pass. Balance means that light box, run the rock. Heavy box, throw the rock. Simple math. You count the bodies and say, where is the advantage? Because Grubb is going to be a master at that and allowing Gino to check in and out of things, K-9 is going to have a career year. I'm on that train. Let's book it. Ken Walker will have a career year under new OC Ryan Grubb. Bump is boarding that train. Curtis, are you? He better. I mean, his second year wasn't any better <laughs> than his fair first. Reasoning. All right, fair he reasoning. better have a career year because uh, year three, the book is out on you, buddy. Like you need to have a career year. Uh, yeah, I think he'll respond and have a career, but uh, he's he's gonna have some pressure oh, on him in man. year three. I think so. You guys seen those memes when they say uh, like fire quotes that white dudes say? And, um, and they said, uh, listen here, buddy. Yeah, and Curtis said right there, book's out on you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they, what was it? Someone was like, white people were really cooking when they said, listen here, listen, buddy. Listen here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I just got those vibes. Well done, Curtis. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I will say yes, and it's also because I really hope that they shore up the offensive line just a little bit, uh, particularly on the interior. TBD, what this all will look like. But they were so banged up. I have to think there's going to be like, positive regression to the mean you know what i mean like you were so hurt on the offensive line there's no way right there's no way you can be that banged up again come on next up i know that it's probably better to wait until thursday when we do play hype train but 
given that we've been talking about Wazoo men's hoops, given we have the news that they're 21 in the AP Top 25 poll, given that we just talked with Cougs play-by-play man Matt Chaz. Now, I'm jumping ahead to Thursday. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. I'm doing it. I'm looking ahead. Wazoo will beat number four Arizona on Thursday. Man, my heart says yes. My mind says, man, just get the split and get up out of there and finish the season strong. You play the the uh, UCLA, USC, uh, then Washington uh, to end the season. Oh, I'm I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with my mind and say, you know what? It's gonna it's tough to beat Arizona once, and now to beat them at home where they are undefeated, that's gonna be hella extremely tough. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna board this plane. I mean, this plane, this train. <laughs> but uh, um, if we do win, I will board the plane back home, though. Don't trip. Someone said they're listening when they meet earlier when we were talking about people stealing content. Yeah, but the problem is then it is annoying when they, like, make fun of you. Anyway, I'm moving on. Um, <laughs> Wazoo will beat Curtis Hiring. Wazoo will beat number four Arizona. What say you, Arizona alum Curtis Rogers? Well, I mean, this is the stiffest competition Arizona's had in conference play this season. That's there's true. no, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And I know a lot of Cougs fans are going to approach this game with uh, more confidence than usual because the Cougs pulled it off last year. They were able to beat Arizona at McHale Center a year ago, but... That was last year, a completely different Cougs team. And it was also a completely different Arizona team. Like in there's no college sport that changes more from year to year than college basketball. Uh, yes, Arizona is, you know, still atop the Pac-12 this year. Uh, but I think this is a different Wildcats team than a year ago. I think they avoid uh, kind of those trap games that we see. And I, I think they know the uh, they know what's at stake, too. Like, it's not just the Cougs that know what's at stake. Uh, I think Arizona gets the win, but I'm expecting a close game. I really do. I think what Chazner had to say about the Cougs being kind of a nightmare matchup for for a lot of teams, especially Arizona, I think that is true. Um, But I think Arizona gets – they find a way to get done. Yeah, unfortunately, I think they do too. But I'm boarding the train anyways because I'm trying to will it into existence, and and I really think that's the way to do it. You know what I mean? Positive energy, manifesting. I did that the other day with a parking space. (laughs) Next type train. Some big ones today. Big predictions. We're jumping the gun all over the place. Julio will be AL MVP. Julio Rodriguez said he's coming off a sophomore slump. I would disagree. This is a sophomore step back. You know what I mean? It's all good. Your, your line isn't that, wasn't that bad. And you know what? I'm all about the vibes as well. Curtis will tell us who he's competing with, I'm sure. But I'm going to go out there and say, number four, four, get it done. All right. Julio will be AL MVP since stiff competition. Julio, by the way, this is inspired by Julio earlier um, at uh, uh, spring training was being very critical of his 2023 season, saying both that he was upset with it, not happy about it, but also that no one wants to improve more than him. Might he do it? Curtis, are you boarding this train? I'm going to board. I think Julio has that within him, the ability to win uh, an AL MVP award at some point in his career. Why not now? Uh, Corey Seager, he's banged up to start spring training. He finished second last year in AL MVP voting uh, behind Shohei Otani. I don't know if you guys have heard, but Otani's not in the American League anymore. Don't have to worry about <laughs> him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I know. That that, that came out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Marcus Semien finished third in voting. That's an interesting one. Um, but all the guys kind of in that top 10 range, none of them really jump out to me as – you know, guys who can repeat that performance a year from now. So I think Julio uh, has 
the inside track to being the MVP. Sneaky pick, though. Bobby Witt Jr., Kansas City Royals. Okay, he yeah, finished seventh yeah. a year ago. He's really good. Really fun to watch, uh, unfortunately. Um, yes, I'm also I'm also avoiding this one. I think that um, Julio talked about kind of being in a sophomore slump, the reality of a sophomore slump. And I think you look at the year-long stats and you go, uh, it wasn't drastically different, but it certainly felt like it was mm-hmm. when we were in the season outside of that really hot August. Um, and I think that he's learned a lot from that. He was almost defensive in his energy earlier today and not in a bad way, but in a way that you get when you take ownership over your craft. And I can't wait to see how that manifests in 2024. Next and last hype train into the station. I read um, a couple polls, so a couple different sources for uh, for this one about like most hated athletes. Um, this is the one uh, that I got that was like the most universal. Connor McGregor is the most hated athlete. Mm. Now, if you're boarding the train, it's you agree. You're like, yeah, I actually really hate him. If you're not boarding, you have to give me an alternate. You have to tell me who is the most hated athlete. The most hated. I think Connor's a good one, but there was a period of time where amongst his peers, this young man was one of the most hated. And that's uh, Yassel Puig when he was with the Dodgers. Like this dude was reckless like disrespected the game in some some guys opinions uh so but no i think it's it's mcgregor at least yeah. one of them but i know there was a time where i'm watching yourself Puig and the things Not he boarding. would do and be like ah, okay. yeah tripping conor mcgregor's the most hated athlete bump isn't boarding he can think of a few other examples curtis are you i feel like the hate that LeBron gets, whether it's justified or not, might surpass what Conor McGregor gets. I think so, too. I, I don't hate LeBron. I think he's one of the most jaw-dropping athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but I think his hate might surpass what McGregor... I mean, McGregor hasn't been, like, relevant, I feel like, in a few years. He hasn't uh-huh. had a big title fight in a long time, so... Uh, that's why I think LeBron probably surpasses him, at least on a, a domestic level, like here in America. I don't know about globally if LeBron surpasses Conor McGregor, but that's who I would say uh, ha- has the leg up in this case. Yeah, there are definitely other athletes. Now, I would have maybe like an O.J. Simpson type, oh, well, yeah. you know, on this list. <laughs> but if you're talking about, I think they look at Conor McGregor as, oh, he's so unapologetic and he'll get in your face and he can be really aggressive and blah, blah, blah. But that Ooh, to me, like a villain isn't the same as being I most got one. Who is it? Pat Beverly. There you go. No one exactly. likes Pat Beverly. That's what I'm saying is people that like not only... Draymond Green a little bit. Uh, I texted y'all about Draymond this yeah. weekend. Yeah. That dude, I don't know about That's what him. I'm saying. It's like there's there's different types of hate. I think Conor McGregor falls into villain people secretly like. Yeah. Uh, not like you click on an article about LeBron, you read comments. Like, yeah, I root for McGregor when he fights. I want him to win. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys, that will do it for us for Hype Train. We're wrapping things up with what I need to know. Get your questions into the Mac and Jack's text line, 866 979 3776. Bumpin' Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. It's what I need to know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Get your questions into the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. What I need to know. 
Oh my God. What's the longest you've ever been on hold with a company? I'm currently at three hours. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've put some stints in for sure. They forgot about you. A few hours, yeah. They're just hoping you hang up. Like, don't even the, answer Truly, that. this is, you aren't on hold, you're in a standoff. Yeah, you're, um, you're not relevant. You're not on hold, you're just not relevant anymore. And they're off to the next. But they, I, I put together a couple hours for sure. They've given up on you, and they're not answering. <laughs> and I do also want to know if you ever get through. Uh, let's see, what I need to know, what's the best restaurant in Washington? In Washington? Oh my God, there's so many. That's Can I actually... Tough. Um, a place that I discovered, I didn't discover it. Um, I'm being very like uh, Christopher Columbus right now. It was there. (laughs) 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 It existed, (laughs) but I'm claiming that I discovered it because it's near my house. Um, and, uh, it's really good. It's called Bongo's. Bongo. It's so, so bomb. Oh yeah. You show me that. Yes. Oh my God. I'm obsessed right now. That's um, my current spot, but I've been to a couple different places. I got to go to the place where I had the best steak I've ever had, and it's Ascend. I know it's, it's not anything, like, revolutionary, or I didn't put you on to a little mom and pop. Why does every guy love the steak? the steak was so bomb. Every guy loves steak. Have one amazing steak, and it'll change your life. <laughs> hey, you pay, pay 90 bucks for a steak, <laughs> and you'll, you'll, you'll understand. I've seen steak like that at restaurants before where it's like, okay, 138 and I'm always like, but $138? Is it, is it worth it? Yeah. But that's really expensive. I mean, every once in a while, you know, every once in a while, I wouldn't do it every time. Yeah. I'll get a, I'll get okay. a $30 steak, $40 okay. steak for sure. Um, what I need to know, how many times a week does Bump use over there and over here for the same location, like the VMAC? What? what? You got to clarify. <laughs> I didn't know that what Bump you... did that. <laughs> I don't a, know. Oh, I'm getting guys? people echoing me on bongos. I feel validated. Thank you. <laughs> um, I like, yeah, I like uh, just checking out a new place and then I eat it until I'm sick of it and never want to have it again. It's it's a, it's a celebrated Stacy tradition. <laughs> Uh, let's see what I need to know. What's your response if you hear Mahomes wins too much? No such thing as winning too much, especially in the NFL where I feel like it's the hardest to win. Uh, MLB is tough too, but there's no such thing. You got 17 opportunities to win yeah. in the regular season. I don't, I, no such thing. Yeah. Uh, what I need to know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Or not yesterday, but last week. How long do you wait for your significant other before you watch the next episode of the show you're watching together? Mm. I've been waiting over a week for my wife. We're watching 1923. Hey, you better keep waiting. Yeah. She ain't gonna wait for you, though. Know that. See, brother, you you gotta wait that one. Man. Yeah, it depends. You know what's funny? What's I get stuck watching if I watch the same show. So I'm currently making my boyfriend watch Love Is Blind, but also watching it with my my roommate. So you're, and you're I have catching to up and lie staying. to either one of them, and either and you, then you keep track of lies that you have in your head, of who you're watching it with, and you're like, okay, did I tell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did I tell this person? That's that's when you really get stuck in it. Um, no, I gotta I gotta wait it out, kind of like how the processors jacked up the highway the other day that is set in the middle of the highway and for hours that's that's me waiting on my wife like you're doing dishes yeah. i'm sitting at the table staring at you like let's do this now the right thing to do is to wait for them to watch it but i will say this and don't take my advice but i will say this you can create another account name yeah. on the account and it doesn't track the same watch history so if you if you feel like you need to watch this episode and you don't want to wait for your wife or your your husband whoever it is you're waiting for 
I'm not saying I've done that. You've done that for sure. I've done that for sure. I got about <laughs> seven accounts on my Hulu or, or Netflix. I could easily get away with that. But you know what? I play golf. Game of integrity. I will not do that, Stacy. What I need to know. Um, what? Oh, my God. As a baseball writer, what stories would you guys read and would hold your attention? I'm assuming someone is... Anything anything with like a, a scouting report on what guys are good at, what they're not good at. Because there's so many baseball players, man. Whenever a new name pops up, I got to spend like 30 to 45 minutes just breaking them down and, and figure out how they fit into the team or not. So anything where you just highlight how a player helps a team and, and what they need to work on, I'd be all over that. I kind of like improbable journeys, too. I think baseball has so many of those, considering how the minors work. And you've talked about it before, just being overly not overly, very impressed with how long yeah. and how many trials and tribulations some guys go through Freaking to get nuts. to the big leagues. Yeah. Those stories usually capture my attention because it's something that I acknowledge I wouldn't do. Like I don't have the discipline, I don't have the dedication, I don't have the heart, and like that's me. Like I, I that's why I'm not, one of the many reasons I'm not an athlete, but I <laughs> am in awe of people who do, and I think it's always a very cool story to read about what drives people to sacrifice. Like Salcedo, he's 30 years old. He's about to start like his real full year um, in the majors, man. He's hung yes. in there for a while. Uh, someone said, my wife will watch and not mention she's episodes ahead. But if I watch ahead, yeah, you know how that goes. Look, it's just that's how it is, you guys. Double you know? standard, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right. What I need to know: Will Ty France continue to get hit by pitches all the time? Yes, he will. It's just where he stands in that box, man. He crossed the plate a little bit, and uh, they want to jam him. So yes, wear that elbow pad, wear that tricep pad, all the pads that you can wear, Ty, because it's happening. All right, you guys, that will do it for us today. For Matt Nelson, Curtis Rogers, Michael Bumpus, I'm Stacy Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.